0: Thanks for tuning in to Witch Wednesdays with Steph for a chat about a new witchcraft topic every Wednesday morning. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and you are listening to episode 103, (laughs) Yule and the Pagan Origins of Christmas. Yay! And that's right, just like last week, Tara is here again, which I think we warned you about that last week. We were like, we will be back next week. (laughs) Surprises, (laughs) but Tara loves her holidays, definitely definitely Yule. So, we wanted to Mm -hmm. chat all about that. So, we are going to chat just about um, Yule a little bit and the Wiccan traditions, and then go into the pagan origins of all of the different Christmas traditions because, like, literally everything about Christmas is pagan. (laughs) So, so much, guys. Oh my gosh,
1: it's amazing!
0: Yes, so we are excited for this one. We both love Yule. And I think mm-hmm. in my opinion, yeah, Yule, Yule is my favorite because I love the, I've said this before, but I love the secular Halloween traditions too much that like, I just can't focus on that one at all. <laughs> like, I just love Halloween too much. So Yule is my favorite. And I, in my opinion, Yule is the easiest one to celebrate if you're still in the broom closet. Because it's, my, it's not my favorite, but I would agree. It's definitely the easiest to celebrate if you're in the room closet. <laughs> it's just, it's all of the Christmas stuff. So people won't even know that you're not celebrating and the, the, the dates are so close together and Yule is a you know, 12 days celebration mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's just the easiest one. So I think that's why it's a lot of people's favorite, but I love it. So if you want to know more about the correspondences of Yule and some different ways to celebrate, we did that last year. So if yes. you go back to season one and check out that episode, that will have all of this information, um, but I'll just give you the quick basics. Quick so, and dirty. Yeah, well, so it is celebrated on the winter solstice. So that ranges from December 20th to the 23rd in the Northern Hemisphere and June 20th to 23rd in the Southern Hemisphere. It's usually the 21st, but not always. No, because we like to move our calendar around. <laughs> <laughs> sure do. And it marks the longest night of the year and the shortest day. Mm-hmm. But Yule itself is usually observed as a 12 day celebration, which is based on the ancient Norse tradition that ended with the burning of the Yule log, which we will get into in, in just a minute. I
1: so, love-
0: this year, yeah, I, I love the Yule log. This year, it starts on December 21st, which is the solstice. So that would conclude 12 days later on January 1st. So Yule itself is of Norse origin, like the word Yule. But So we don't know exactly when it was celebrated by these ancient peoples, but it was believed that it was in December and in the winter months uh, when harvesting was over and the hunting season began, which is why that stag imagery is so prominent at this time of year. So we will definitely get into Yule Logs and Stags in just a minute, but I wanted to make sure that we touch on the Wiccan traditions before we get into all of these other ideas. So I'm gonna turn it over to Tara to tell you what the Yule holiday means, specifically in Wicca. So this is generally
1: considered the first Sabbath of the year. Like she said, the winter solstice, it's the shortest day and the longest night in the Northern hemisphere, Southern hemisphere people, flip it. (laughs) Um, So it changes year to year just because we're on a Gregorian calendar and we have to fix things with a leap day every four years and we're weird. And so it doesn't fall exactly on the same day, which it should, just saying. It's a fire festival which we all know I love. It is a time to celebrate the return of the light because it's the longest night of the year. You'll traditionally, um, you burn fires over the long night and you welcome the return of the sun and technically the beginning of the turning point of spring because this is when the daylight starts getting longer and we can see hope and warmth on the horizon. At least I can. It's beautiful. I almost cry every year. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so there's slightly different traditions depending on which sect you belong to. Um, as we talked about, different sects celebrate in slightly different manners. There are overarching belief systems in Wicca. Which I'll touch on here, but your sect—if you belong to a particular sect—may celebrate slightly differently and may have slightly different beliefs than what I'm going to say. So, just throwing out that disclaimer in case you're like, "Tara is so wrong." I could be <laughs> with you. Uh, so, the God is reborn at Yule. He has died at the previous Sabbath um, at the end of October. The god is generally tied to the sun, which is why there's very little sunlight. Get it, get it, Anyway, it. Um, sorry. <laughs> so before he can come back to his full power, the goddess in her crone aspect um, is now becoming into her mother aspect. She gives birth to the god on Yule. That's traditionally when he's born. And the sun becomes stronger and stronger and returns to the earth so she represents the earth which is now still and silent for a while cuz she's recovering from labor here that's painful i hope never to experience myself but those who have tell me that's true <laughs> so this sabbath uh, i love it is a fire festival but it's a really more internal one um beltane is a huge party i love me a good beltane but it's very outward very community driven This is more inward, more family-based in the home. One, it's freaking cold outside usually around now, but a lot of the traditions we're going to talk about and celebrations are more solitary or more small group oriented rather than a big old party outside. So that's that. So (laughs) we're going to go more into traditions. So I was like, I don't get
0: too much into it. (laughs) (laughs) So I just wanted to say, because this is going to come up, repeatedly as we talk about like other traditions, but like Tara said, the Wiccan God is the related to the sun. And as you will see, yes. as we talk about all of the sun gods are celebrated at this time sun god, sun god, sun god. And as you can see, that is where we got son of God. So that's why Christianity took over this holiday. Sun God, Sun God. No, 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 no. You mean son of God, don't you, pagans? Like so that is a theme that's going to come up as we talk about all of these. So um you guys will see lots of things, guys. They're all interwoven. <laughs> but one thing that I wanted to touch on with Wicca before we move over to the pagan origins, specifically of Christmas, because this comes up in some Wiccan traditions, but not necessarily everybody believes this. And it's kind of a confusing concept. And I don't think us talking about it is going to be any less confusing because like, if you think <laughs> hard about it, it just really like doesn't make a lot of sense. But that is the Holly King and the Oak King. Yes. So the holly king rules over the dark part of the year which is letha to yule Mm -hmm. and then he said at yule to surrender his life to the oak king who then rules over from yule to letha so they both rule for half of the year and then they battle at these times and then you know the power switches over so it It waxes and wanes yes yes so it comes from some like European traditions, this idea that they're locked in this, you know, battle and that's how the um, seasonal cycles sort of continue. Um, and they're the Holly King is sort of like a woodsy version of Santa Claus, wearing mm-hmm. red and holly, and sometimes he has a team of eggs. Uh, mm-hmm. and then the Oak King is the fertility god, So he yes. is also like some people Hurtle. say that, um, uh, the Oak King is the same thing as the green man, which we've talked about in previous podcast episodes related to Beltane and letha, that green man. So it gets, you know, <laughs> very confusing because we talked about the God and goddess of Wicca, but then we also talked about mm-hmm. this valley King and Oak King and green man. And some people believe that they are all aspects of this same. God. Yes. Then does it totally make sense that he dies? They're battling each other and like one is born at this time. Like it just so some Wiccan traditions don't even believe in the or don't even recognize the Holly King and Oak King. It's just kind of like a story that comes from Celtic mythology, but we really don't know. And then when Wicca was introduced and being created, they just sort of all melded together. So, so that comes up at this time of year, but Holly King and Oak King are really only talked about at Letha and Yule, which are the opposites of each other on the wheel of the year. So that's kind of the only times that they come up. It's not like they're talked about with the other Sabbaths as being part of that God aspect during those other Sabbaths. It's really just these two uh, times of year. So totally okay. If you do not recognize them or believe in them, but also totally okay. If you do so different, different traditions for different (laughs) wiccans,
1: And that's why I said that you might not have the exact same beliefs. Um, and also I know, especially people just getting into Wicca after having a Christian background, have a lot of problems with the God and goddess breeding themselves over and over again, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so there's that as well.
0: (laughs) So let's then get into the history and traditions of the Holiday that are all pagan in origin. So it's all of them. It's all of them. <laughs> so, first off, exactly. I wanted to touch on Saturnalia because Saturnalia is where many of these traditions come from. But we also already talked about Saturnalia when we did an episode related to Mardi Gras
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, back at the beginning of this year. So, I don't want to touch on all of the same things, but I am going to come back to the Saturnalia aspects that lend themselves directly to Christmas. So uh, obviously many cultures observed this winter solstice, and specifically the ancient Romans celebrated Saturnalia around December 17th through the 23rd. So it was another winter holiday celebrating light, and specifically the god Saturn, which is why it's called Saturnalia. So it was celebrated by... Uh, a sacrifice at the Temple of Saturn, followed by a banquet, partying, gift-giving, and more. And when we talked about this holiday in the Mardi Gras episode, uh, the idea of the Lord of Misrule came up, where we get like the jester, yeah. and we talked about the king cakes and things that were, came from Saturnalia. So specifically, in terms of Christmas, that is where we get the idea of gift-giving, because there was a day of gift giving on December 19th in ancient Rome. It's called the Siglaria, Siglaria, not sure. I don't know. I,
1: I don't, don't pronounce words right at <laughs> all, so I'm not going to correct you. Sure. <laughs>
0: uh, so that is when people exchanged gifts, usually pottery, wax figures, candles, they had gag gifts, children received toys. Uh, so expensive cheap gifts, all sorts of things were Given um, on this specific day. And usually it was to signify how um, they valued the quality of a friendship with somebody. And it, I mean, it wasn't confined to specifically this day. That was like the main day for it. But really, over this sort of season of Saturnalia, um, they gave guests to or gave gifts to guests that would come over they gave gifts to the slaves that they had in their house Uh, so it really was a gift giving season and that has kind Mm -hmm. of carried over into today so that is why there are gifts associated with Christmas yeah and also with Saturnalia and the solstice is where we get Christmas trees from yay so, in Rome, pine trees were an essential part of goddess groves. So, they had various goddesses. So, it's not the one mm-hmm. goddess of Wicca, but various goddesses that they had. They all had pine trees. So, on the eve of the solstice, the Roman priests would cut down a pine tree and pine tree, and then decorate it and carry it in a ceremony to the temple celebrations. And then people would decorate their homes with the boughs of the evergreen tree and bushes and pots and pines and firs were then cherished as a symbol of rebirth and life in the depth of winter. Yep. Yeah. And pagan families would then bring a live tree into the home so the wood spirits would have a place to keep warm in the cold winter months. And food and treats were hung on the branches for the spirits to eat.
1: As so an offering.
0: Directly where we get Christmas trees from <laughs> and why they are decorated. And another tradition that comes specifically from Saturnalia and from other places is the idea of kissing under the mistletoe. <laughs> ah. So, mistletoe has been all around for a long time and yeah. it was considered a magical plant by almost everyone Vikings, Pteranosis, Druids, mm-hmm. uh, and specifically. When the ancient Romans were honoring this god Saturn at this time, to keep him happy, they conducted fertility rituals under the mistletoe. Guess so what so those are? Guess exactly what that is. <laughs> so that is where we get the uh, toned-down version of just kissing under the mistletoe is from that. <laughs> Bye, we'll but there's also a Norse tradition where warriors from opposing tribes would meet under the mistletoe to lay down their arms. So it's definitely a plant of peace and reconciliation. And also in North myth- mythology, mistletoe is associated with Freya, the goddess of love. So a uh, lot of reasons to have mistletoe around uh, that come from Saturnalia, but also various other traditions. So I was gonna say, there's uh, another myth out
1: there, Um, mistletoe combined with a mother's tears to resurrect the god of light in a Viking myth. And so the Celts believed that because it was able to resurrect the god of light, um, the plant itself could ward off evil spirits. So they hung them in doorways of their homes to ward off evil spirits during the longest night.
0: Lots of tradition. So speaking of getting into this Norse mythology then a little bit away from the ancient Romans, uh, is the idea of a Yule log? Yeah. It's a hugely That's popular. The yeah. Hugely popular this time of year. So, for this specific holiday of Yule that began in Norway, on the night of the winter solstice, it was very common to hoist a giant log onto the hearth to celebrate the return of the sun because the Norse believed that the sun was a giant wheel of fire which rolled mm-hmm. away from the earth and then began rolling back again on the winter solstice. Yep. And as then Christianity spread through Europe, it became part of Christmas Eve festivities. So the master of the house, usually the father, would sprinkle the log with mead, oil, or salt. And then once it was burned in the hearth of the home, the ashes were scattered about the house to protect the family from hostile spirits. So Yule Logs have continued into the, today. It's one of yeah. the most popular Yule traditions, but uh, a lot of people- We have, do Yule Logs. Yeah, I do Yule Logs. Bring, <laughs> you know, an actual log, mm-hmm. they have that in the middle of their table. And instead of burning it in a fireplace, they put candles on it and decorate it. Um, but a lot mm-hmm. of people just make it out of chocolate. <laughs> um,
1: so in the Celtic tradition, you were supposed to keep the Yule log burning for 12 days. So they would have an entire tree in the house and the family would take turns uh, pushing it further and further into the fire. They would also anoint it with mead or wine and such. Um, If you let it burn out, it was bad luck, but I love a good Yule log, Um, both the cake kind and the let's burn it kind. (laughs) I use both during my celebration. (laughs) I love the cake kind, how fun is that? You can do so many flavors now. Uh, my oh, friend Amanda yeah. and I did one and it was a um, spiced cake with a, uh, I can't, it was a buttercream frosting and we made it brown and we tried to like, we tried to make it look like a log. Hint, it did not turn out looking like, like a log, but it was delicious.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> all that
1: matters. <fighters.
0: laughs> it was so good, but it did not look great. <laughs> uh, a, another... Norse tradition that holds strong to today is the straw goat (laughs) called the Yule Norse goat. And this is a popular figure in the Nordic region this time of year, and it comes in the form of ornaments and holiday decor, but there's also a giant effigy in Galle, Sweden. I -hmm. will link this in the show notes so you can look at it, but it's a giant metal frame in the shape of a goat that is covered in straw. And of course, people try to burn it down every year. And they're not yep. going to be successful because it's made of straw, so of course it's going to go up in flames. Um. So Don't why? A, <laughs> yeah, so why a goat? Uh, it may come from Thor's mythology in the Norse tradition because he had a chariot that was pulled by two large goats, um, immortal magic goats, of course, because Thor would butcher and eat the goats and then they would come back the next day. So <laughs> uh, yes, there was nothing really dies. <laughs> Uh, there was also an ancient tradition called the Yule Sacrifice and in this tradition a man would dress in goat skins and carry a goat head that would then be symbolically killed and brought back to life the next day fitting with both Thor's mythology and the idea of rebirth during the solstice and Christians of course proclaimed this goat as a demon <laughs> but uh, he's lost, you know, negative story over time, and so now he's seen as a benevolent symbol of Christmas time. And in the Nordic region, he's seen as pulling Santa's gifts around rather than a reindeer. Take that world. So moving from the North tradition into European folklore is my absolute favorite um, figure from Christmas, and that's Krampus.
1: <laughs> I knew you were going to
0: bring him up. <laughs> I love Krampus. So, Krampus is a monster from Central European folklore. And he's depicted yes, he as half demon, half goat. And the name comes from the Germanic word for claw. And Krampus mm-hmm. is always shown with huge claws, horns, and a long red tongue. But he is the companion of St. Nicholas. So, tradition yes, states that they arrived together on the evening of December 5th, which is known as Krampusnacht. Mm -hmm. St. Nicholas is the one who rewards the nice children by leaving presents in their shoes. And Krampus beats the naughty children with branches. So take that, naughty children. (laughs) In some stories, he also either eats the children or drags them to hell. I was going to say, I always heard that he ate them. That was uh, the story (laughs) I grew up on.
1: And yes, my dad told me this story as a child.
0: (laughs) So Krampus has various origin stories. Some people say yes. that he is the child of hell, the Norse goddess of the underworld, and some say that he's just a representation of the horned god of witches and Wiccans, but mm-hmm. he did become associated with Christmas during the conversion to Christianity because like all other dark pagan symbols, the church tried to ban Krampus from Christmas celebrations, but obviously were unsuccessful, particularly <laughs> right. in German and Austria. They have held on to Krampus. They love Krampus. It's still has remained a tradition there much bigger than it is here but I think Krampus is definitely gaining revival in the states. (laughs) People love Krampus. Uh, I love Krampus. I was
1: was gonna say everyone loves a good horror story and um yeah there's actually a horror movie where he kills everybody not just kids so.
0: (laughs) Uh, So the last things then on the list are specifically to talk about some of the other Christmas traditions that people have questions about, about where they came from, especially if they are Christian. They're like, why do we do this on Christmas? Well, I'm going to tell you. So first, first of all, uh, the idea of Christmas carols and specifically going door-to-door singing, Mm -hmm. um, is, comes from the idea of wassail, wassailing. I love wassail. (laughs) That is spelled W-A-S-S a-I-L, yeah. which to me should be pronounced wassail and like annoys me, <laughs> but it's not. But I know it's wassail because there's that song, here we come a wassling, And it just so spelling really annoys me. But anyway, it's going to say,
1: also growing up in a German-based community, it's also a delicious spice drink.
0: Oh yeah, we will get to that. Okay. So, <laughs> wassail may come from the old Norse phrase this hail which means be healthy but it is more commonly believed that it comes from an anglo-saxon greeting that means to be in good health so traditionally after someone would say wassail, the common response was drink hail which means drink and be healthy so while it can mean, you know, this this act of toasting. It can also represent specifically the beverage that was drank during the toast. So that is what Kara mm-hmm. is talking about. Um, it's being being specifically the holiday beverage. So there's like a lot of versions of this. If you want the recipe for one specifically, that's over on Patreon. But there is the oldest version I think was called Renwine, which is a spiced yep. wine. It's spiced wine, yes. There's another version called lamb's wool that is mentioned by Shakespeare in a Midsummer Night's Dream, and that involves dark beer that's whipped into a frothy texture, and then crab apples are floated on top. Uh, and that does not sound appetizing to me. I like the spice wine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I would drink crab apple beer, but <laughs> it's some people prefer that version. So traditionally, they were served in a bowl and not a glass. And mm-hmm. often people would dip their bread into the bowl or float toasted bread on top of the drink, which is exactly where the word toast comes from. When you say you're going to give a toast um, at someone's wedding or something like that. Toast was floated on top of the drink. So beyond the drink and the toasting and the phrase, it is also a verb. <laughs> so it is, you every, guys. It's so every every everything. People. So, like I said in the song, to go whistling is a tradition from that has pagan origins. So, the production of hard cider was in, and still is very essential to the western region of England. Yep. So, it is important for them to toast the health of their cider apple trees. So every year people in this region go out to the orchards with their drinks to sing to the spirits of the apple trees. And that's called wassailing. And the purpose is to wake up the trees, scare away any evil spirits, They place cider soaked bread on the branches to ward off Mm -hmm. evil spirits. And they also need to honor the spirit called the apple tree man, who is, (laughs) that is the name for the oldest tree in the orchard. So it's believed that as long as he's healthy, all the other trees will be healthy and fertile and give their apples. So you have to give extra attention to the oldest tree in the orchard um, by pouring cider at the roots. And then again, there's
1: a lot of horror movies about also sacrificing people to the oldest tree in the orchard to bring about a bountiful harvest and wealth for the community. Yep, (laughs) very true. (laughs)
0: Uh, So after they um, drink and sing in the orchard, they then go door to door. So It's like the trick-or-treat version of caroling, except people expect payment instead of candy. So that is where we get Christmas carols from. I was gonna say, this also
1: kind of comes back to some Viking traditions where Odin was considered to wander. Um, And he had a long white beard and people wanted him to feel welcome. So they would sing and uh, invite I don't want to say strangers but strangers basically into their home and they wanted them to feel welcome so children sang to wanderers at this time because you never knew if it was odin
0: (laughs) better safe than sorry (laughs) well that leads directly into the idea of santa so let's touch on that (laughs) Um, so the name santa claus comes from the dutch name for saint nicholas which is sinterklaas and sinterklaas was a historic fourth century Greek saint, but not the fat, jolly bearded one. So the idea of a fat, jolly bearded one comes from the 19th century. There was a political cartoonist, Thomas Nast, and the book was The Night Before Christmas by Clement Clark Moore, um, that really solidified the idea of Santa being fat, jolly, and bearded, but really the idea came from paganism and specifically Odin. Um, So he very much looks like this version of santa about that. <laughs> at the winter solstice um that's when odin led a hunting party known as the wild hunt in the sky with his eight legged eight yep horse yep. named sleep so you can obviously see where the eight idea of eight reindeers comes from his eight legged horse his so magic a horse sleep near yeah, Sleipnir. So children would leave their boots by the chimney filled with carrots and hay to feed Sleipnir, and legend said that whatever Odin flew by, he would leave gifts by their boots. So after Christianity uh, thank you souls, for his magic horse. After Christianity took hold, this practice of gift giving in shoes was adopted by St. Nicholas, and children would leave their shoes on the windowsill or bedroom door for the saint to reward them um, with little trinkets in their shoes, and that is still a popular tradition, which I know because we did it in my Catholic school <laughs> growing up. And I was like, why is this St. Nicholas thing? And they would like encourage, there was like one class, like in my junior high. And there was take a class shoes. on this? We, well, no, not in the class, but like we would be sitting in class and they told us to take off our shoes and put them outside. And then by the time class was over, our shoes would be filled with like stuff. And it was, it was like filled with candy and stuff. And they said it was like St. Nicholas. So it was like this like tradition coming by, but oh yeah, we totally did that in school. And the entire time That's I was confused hilarious. because I was like, what does this have to do with Christmas and Jesus and who is St. Nicholas and what is it? Well, turns out pagan, (laughs) but they didn't didn't tell us that. So I know that that is still a tradition to leave your shoes out. And um, my husband did that too. His mom did that for them growing up that they would put their shoes outside their door um, overnight. And when they woke up, St. Nicholas would have left them stuff in their shoes. So I know that people still do this.
1: Oh, Uh, uh, also stockings guys, hanging stockings by the chimney.
0: Yep. Yep. Directly kind of follows. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Well, yes. Speaking of, speaking of um, that, that comes might come from I say might because we don't we don't technically know how all well of these evolved over the years. We just have good no. from historians. So um, the idea of this, and specifically the red and white costume of, of Santa, because that is not what Odin is dressed in. So the red and no. white costume, um, <laughs> no. derives probably from a Slavic deity known as Father Winter. And specifically those colors match his hallucinogenic mushrooms. So, <laughs> um, the mushroom was integral to both pagan civilizations and early Christianity. So during midwinter in Siberian villages, the local shaman would collect these mushrooms, which, by the way, happened to grow beneath pine trees. <laughs> um, yeah. So he would gather them in a large sack for everyone in the community, and then he would deliver them to each house. And since the snow would be really high at this time in Siberia, um, it's unlikely that he would have been able to enter through the door, and instead he would have probably had to climb through the smoke hole. <laughs> of the hunt <laughs> which looks a lot like a chimney like <laughs> <So> a chimney <laughs> probably where the origin of santa entering through a chimney came from and the villagers would then put the mushrooms in a sock and hang them by the fireplace so they would dry out <laughs> see? stockings. see
1: stockings see, so once, once,
0: <laughs> once dried the family would eat the mushrooms on the winter solstice which obviously would induce it in an altered mind state because they're hallucinogenic mushrooms it brought on a good time a party for all <laughs> and these mushrooms are also regularly consumed by the reindeer in Siberia because reindeer are a real animal they're not mythological there are reindeer in the Siberia. flying ones are
1: mythological guys if you
0: see a flying reindeer think you're how probably, on probably on the hallucinogenic <laughs> mushrooms and and so are the reindeer so that's where the idea of flying reindeer came from um and still in today in Siberia, shamans wear red and white in a pattern that looks very much like the mushroom, which may be the inspiration for Santa's suit. So, oh, oh, literally, everything about Santa in um, all these Christmas traditions is oh vegan in origin. <laughs> you know, it's it's so much fun to go through all of these. I love telling people these things at Christmas, especially all the Christmas friends. <laughs> I'm, stalking, I'm like, well, actually, let me tell you about these magic Let mushrooms me tell you. Here. Let me tell you. Um, and then specifically, I think a lot of people know this, but the last thing that I wanted to touch on just in case you didn't know is why Christmas is celebrated on December 25th. Yes. So in the Bible, there is no specific date given for the birth of Jesus, but nope. we know that he was not born in the winter months because at the time of his birth, Mary and Joseph were traveling for the Roman census census. So that's why he was born in the manger and they weren't at home because they were traveling. And it specifically says for the Roman census and that did not incur in midwinter. They did not travel (laughs) um, difficulties in ancient Rome. (laughs) So why then if we know and we're so sure that the census was in spring summer, why on earth is December 25th considered the date of his birth? Obviously. They wanted to celebrate his half birthday. (laughs) Pagan traditions. Uh, It clearly lines up with the winter solstice and all of its traditions that we just talked about. And when the church was trying to convert people in the beginning, it made the most sense to stick with or near the dates that they were already celebrating because it's incredibly hard to get people to give up the fun things that they loved for so long. Yeah. So like the idea of Saturnalia in Rome lining up with the idea of the the solstice, it's pretty close to December 25th and they were already celebrating, but it's not exactly the 25th. So why twenty five? is because of another Roman God, the sun God, okay? Son of God. The sun God, <laughs> Mithras. And Mithras was likely a Persian God, Mitra, that was later adopted and transformed by the Roman soldiers, because we're all just, you know, stealing we're gods just, and traditions from everybody else. was in the night. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so Your tradition lived, and
1: your tradition and your tradition.
0: <laughs> right? So Mithras was very popular with these Roman soldiers and widely adopted among Romans in general. He was one of the most popular deities that was celebrated at the time when Christianity was first trying to get converts and gain a foothold. And specifically this Roman God Mithras was celebrated on his birthday, December 25th. So that is where that exact date comes from is the birth of the sun God Mithras, which Christianity then took over as being the birth of the son of God, Jesus. That is where you get December 25th from. I feel like that story is a little more common, commonly known or widely known um, than some of the other ones. But now you know exactly All why, the why um, Christians celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th. Why there is Santa and eight reindeer and stockings and red and white and presents. And, and caroling. And caroling, yes. Now you know and where. And making out called. under the mistletoe. <laughs> all of these traditions come from. I know there are so many and there are even more traditions. Tara and I were just talking about this before we started recording that next year, it's still going to have holiday related episodes. Um, Tara will appear on a few, she'll (laughs) be here. It was supposed to be a secret, surprise. (laughs) I'm not telling you which ones. There there, There is even more information about each of these holidays that even in two years of doing Episodes on the holidays. Absolutely. There's still even more to share. So there is more. you stories and traditions from um, other, you know, religions and ancient peoples, Egypt, and like across the board that we didn't even touch on in these two episodes. So there's even more to talk about. So lots of more origin stories. This is sort of a date that has been celebrated for many, many years. The for ancient peoples who. You know, had no electricity or concept of daylight savings time, and all these things, the solstices at, you know, specifically Letha and Yule were very, very noticeable. Like if you have no clocks and no electricity, um, you really know and notice when the sun is making these transitions. Yeah. <laughs> and when your days are really long and when you're versus when your nights are really long. So these um, days were very marked very and, and celebrated by like every single ancient culture. So there's lots more to talk about, but specifically just wanted to touch on today, all of these various ideas of where these Christmas traditions came from. So now you can be, you know, living in in at your uh, Christmas celebrations, telling people where all of these stories came from. (laughs) (laughs) Because Lord knows I love to, I have so much fun. let me know in the comments, the show notes will be up over at which or you mm-hmm. can touch base with us on Instagram or discuss over on the free discord server, lots of places to get in touch and tell me if you learned anything new today. First of all, did Hopefully you, know- you learn at least one thing? New. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you learned at least one thing. Um, but let me know if you knew any of these pagan traditions of where these origin stories of where these Christmas traditions came from um, and which one is your favorite or which story or character of this time of year is your favorite? Because mine is Krampus, but by like a a lot. (laughs) I love uh, that Krampus beats Naughty Children. This makes me so happy. I
1: was gonna say, I like Yule Logs because I like burning things. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you can definitely reach out, chat with us and let us know if you have any questions or comments. We will be around to chat. And that is all we have for you this week and happy Yule season to you. I hope you are celebrating and enjoying and loving it. Yes, there's so much to love and do. And yeah, (laughs) thanks for having me. (laughs) Thanks for stopping by. And Tara and I, I will link Tara's Instagram so you can see her, but we will be posting at Which Wednesday's podcast on Instagram. So you can see what um, we do for Yule. And if you want to see how my... Space, I, so I put up the video for, of what my space looks like for Halloween slash salad and it's like (laughs) 17 minutes long or something. No, it's not that bad, but it's like really long. And but it was 10, it was, yeah, it was long. (laughs) I have have a lot of stuff. So Yule is not nearly as long, but that is already up on YouTube and Patreon. If you want to see my little like Yule space, I really only decorate one room. But if you just want to see like what we do for that, that's more like a three minute video. (laughs) Uh so that's already up to be nice look. Is, this is your holiday more than mine. And
1: I have the bathroom decorated, guest bedroom decorated, my bedroom decorated, the main room
0: decorated. Like. Yeah. See, I love like celebrating this time of year and it's like my favorite, you know, pagan holiday to celebrate, but mm-hmm. my Halloween decor specifically is just over the top. Like, so yeah, some of it good. is like Samhain related and, and witchy, but like someone is more of a somber solitary holiday of like honoring ancestors and having silent suppers and my Halloween is not that. So (laughs) my Halloween is like a giant pennywise popping out of the sewer in the front of my house. So uh, (laughs) I I have have to check out the video if you haven't seen it. (laughs) Yes, it is in the video. So I have an overwhelming amount of decor. So I don't have that much decor for Yule. It's kind of like a more simple look for me, but yeah, that is definitely up on YouTube if you want to see it, but yes, cho- go check out Instagram because we will post what our houses look like. <laughs> and
1: if you're anything like me and you love a good advent calendar, um, you don't have to use it for advent. If you start the day after Thanksgiving, it lines up perfectly with Yule. Oh,
0: fact. <laughs> <laughs> and also let us know this over on Instagram or discord. If you do get an advent calendar or a Yule calendar, do you actually wait and open one thing on every day? Cause I've never done that in my life. Oh, I do. I, uh, I have got wait.
1: one for Bo, I've got a dog one and he only
0: gets one treat per day <laughs> from there. I have I've never been able to stick with that in my life. I like open every, I rip it open, I think day one.
1: <laughs> God, I will say I'm already falling behind on the wine because it's one wine per day and I just don't drink that much anymore. <laughs> so like I open it and I look at it and I put it in the fridge for later.
0: <laughs> yeah, I cannot um I rip everything open in the same day. I don't like consume everything in the same day. The one that I love is the T one. Oh yeah, um, that one's good. Yeah, the T one is fun. It's like a tea every day. Um Well, this is the first year
1: I've done a dog one for Bo. And I can't tell if he's excited or if he just expects it because he gets a lot
0: of treats anyways. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're too good to our fur children. We really are. But that is all we have for you to chat about Yule and Pagan Origins of Christmas. So let us know if you have any questions or comments. But other than that, I will see you next week. Need even more witchcraft? Subscribe to Patreon for exclusive bonus content three times a week. And order Sabbat boxes and other supplies at WitchWednesdays.com. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast.